It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. We are on, uh, is this the fifth episode? Fifth episode of the sixth season. I'm doing really well today because I had to remember that. I had to look that up, honestly. That's how, that's how this year's going. We're so, so little into this year and it just feels like it's a continuation of last March. So I am VA. I'm here, of course, with Jeff. Hello, hello. And Tim. Hello. All right, Tim, I am going to set my clock. I'm going to set my stopwatch so that I can let you get. Wait a minute. Stopwatch. There we go. Oh, uh, no, my timer. Okay, that's right. That's what I needed. I'm going to give you 60 seconds to get all of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stuff out of your head right now so we don't ever have to discuss it again. I think I'm being very generous giving you 60 seconds. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I am. I can't believe wait, it. Wait, I'm, wait, I'm, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now. I am so happy. This is like, this season has been like a dream. And they're in the Super Bowl for the first time since I was like 15. And it's fucking great. And I freaking love it. And they beat the Green Bay Packers, which was fucking awesome. Like, the game was insanely just great that they just beat the Packers at Lambeau screw them screw Aaron Rodgers and I can't I am so looking forward to this home Super Bowl and I just I hope they win I want them to win so bad I'm I'm, I'm so happy finally they're not the worst team in Tampa like finally after all this time they are good again and 15 and I hope I just hope for. I hope they. I love this team a lot, so I hope they win. I like genuinely like all the players, so I really hope they win. And that's really all I have to really say about it. Wow, Tim, you did very, very well, very, very well. Even breathed while in the process. I, I know. Yeah, he he got it. He got it all out. He didn't use extra time. He just used up every second he had, and he did it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you happen to see SNL, the opening uh, skit last night? No. <laughs> uh, John Krasinski played Tom Brady. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so you might want to watch that if you can get a hold of that somewhere. But uh, basically, Kate McKinnon was hosting a show called Does It Work? And it was like, oh, well, let's check in. How about the government? Is it working? No? Okay. Let's t- check in with the stock market. Is it working? No. <laughs> like she would have other people come out and do these things, right? So I'm not spoiling the whole thing. And she's like, how about social media? Which I would say doesn't really work it at the best of times. How is that? Oh, it's not working either. Okay. Seems like the only thing that's working in, in the U.S. is Tom Brady. Tom Brady's working, so then he had Krasinski, uh, she had Krasinski come on, and and he was Tom Brady. I'm not going to spoil any more of that and how that sketch ended. Death taxes and Tom Brady. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> since I have uh, no skin in that game, 
Uh, I will probably, uh, oh God, no, we'll be done recording well before that next week. Uh, great. Uh, anyway, shake it off. Let's go. So we, uh, of course are not a football podcast as I like to remind myself every once in a while, we are here to talk about the Boston Bruins who are actually doing pretty well. Yeah. Five, one, and two in eight games is just pretty all right. Yeah, only one regulation loss back to, back on January 18th to the Islanders. This week, they had two wins and an overtime loss, which would have been a regular uh, regulation loss had they not gotten it together at the last minute. Well, and that's going to be important, I think, right? We'll get to that, though. So, yeah, they played the Pens twice this week. <laughs> They kind of, you know, um, uh, made a Sid just a full stop non-factor. Like just, just as, I, as I said last week, like just <laughs> Brad and Patrice know how to undo Sid. Yeah. Also, they caused the GM to like quit. <laughs> <laughs> or something. He's just like yeah. He just was like now nah, I'm done. Like after the first game, I'm good. How long had he been the GM, Rutherford? How long had he been the GM? Because they won the cup the end of his second full season as GM. So the first, yeah, so the end of the second end of the third seasons. Because it was Ray Shiro, and then he was no longer the GM. And then it was Rutherford. Okay. Yes. I wanted to make sure that this wasn't like Rutherford had been there for like 27 years. And like, and I was misremembering this. No, no. He, he'd been with the uh, Whaler Canes for approximately that long before leaving them around that time. <laughs> Interesting. So I think he'd been with the Canes since they were the Whalers. I had to go back and check that. But So he was known for his longevity in, in his positions. And, you know, training like a madman. Like him, him not being a GM is going to make the league that much more boring, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely would trade at the drop of a hat. No problem. Not not a second thought. He's just like the opposite of that guy that would trade a quarter and gradually get a house. He's like the guy that would trade a house and eventually end up with a quarter. Just repeat, you know, a couple of those trades. He did like the result of one trade. He traded it, he traded it, traded. He had an entire trade trade down to dwindling to nothingness within within the span of only you know six years of being a GM. <laughs> if you're a good GM, you have a specialty, huh? And your specialty, his specialty, and his his thing was uh, trading, 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 trading away and for and. And quickly finding out what you traded for didn't work and having to trade that away for less than you spent for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not an exact science. So there you go. Yeah. That first game against uh, Pittsburgh. So that was on Tuesday and yep. it was the, it was it Boston won three, two in overtime. Yes. Oh yes. That was fun. That was a fun game. Actually. Now that I think about it, I mean, it wasn't fun when the Bruins gave up the lead. The Bruins put on a clinic in the first, played well in the second, and then the Pens just woke up in the third, is what happened. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. First of all, that Marcy shorthanded goal. I, I Was he even looking? Did he just backhand it and just like, whatever? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I think he looked back really quickly, but it was just like, it was so perfect. And it was like, how the hell do you do that? How do you do that? But it's like perfectly marshy. He's how many? He's got like 18 shorthanded goals, or is it more than that? He leads the Bruins all time in shorthanded goals. Love it. Love it. And then you have Nick Ritchie. Another Nick Ritchie power play goal because uh, he's 
really great at the net front on that first unit. Again, we've never had a good a good net front guy in that first unit. And Nick Ritchie, I mean, he's shooting at like a 22.2% clip, which is 100% sustainable and going to happen the rest of the season. I mean, but his, but his shot total is not bad. He's still taking 18 shots. Like, by yeah. comparison, Brad's only taking 23. So, like, okay, that's a high shooting percentage, but he's still, you know, taking a reasonable number of shots. He's, he just has hands for net front. He's playing, but he looks he looks good everywhere on the ice. Like he's been a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, like totally different from Bubble Richie and Gordon Season Richie. Definitely two different things. I'm good with him. Let's keep this going, Nick Richie. I love it. Yeah. I mean, last week we talked about how he just doesn't look like a hockey player, but guess what? He's getting it done. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, four goals, three assists, seven points in eight games. I mean, you take that. Yep. Yep. And then, of course, in the third, that's when Zucker and uh, Kapanen. Every time I think of Zucker, uh, I think about how uh, Chris Wagner, not Chris Wagner, let's try that again. Charlie Coyle recorded that video for him, that cameo for him last year. Saying like, I know it's really hard to come back from injury when you've got, been gone for a long time, but I think you can do it. I think, you know, you can get out there and you can return to your, your form. And I just think it was so hilarious because, you know, Carly, uh, Carly Zucker is, uh, you know, Jason's wife and she arranged for that whole thing. And so every time I, I think about him, I just think about that, that video that Charlie Quill did for him. I wonder if he said some stuff to him on the ice. <laughs> like you're doing a really good job, Jason. <laughs> I mean, Zucker did have a good night. He was, he was, he, he had a, he had a goal and assist that night. But uh... yeah, uh, Charlie Coyle was his best man at his wedding. I they know, used I to know. live together. I just think it's hilarious. That's all that that whole thing. So Pittsburgh came back in the third and tied it up. And then, oh, my God, that overtime. The most, this, this most ridiculous, stupid, I wanted to die OT, that, this side of playoff hockey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the one where uh, the Penguins had a 3-on-0 and didn't manage a shot on goal. Yeah, it was just like, Malkin's like, oh, it's okay. Let's hang in. And Marino got this, and then they don't got this. Yeah, they got too <laughs> cute. They got too cute. Yeah. And then, then they go right back down the ice. You've got Krejci and Smith going back down the ice. And I think, uh, who was it? Was it McAvoy? Who was, uh, uh, yeah, McAvoy was the other. And so they go back down the ice. And then Krejci and Smith show them how they should have done it. It was the See, exact guys, same is, thing. What you do is you actually play the puck. And then you actually shoot the puck. Yeah, and it goes in. You don't <laughs> play this like ping pong in front of the net. <laughs> the only thing I will say about that goal is I'm not entirely sure that's where Smith wanted it to go because it didn't look like that's what he was trying to do, but it worked. I'm going to say after the the fact that that's exactly where Craig Smith wanted it to go. That's <laughs> um, where he wanted it to go and it ended up in the net. So that's, that's fair. Unless you're going to be really like, you know, like, like out there with freaking tape measure and a slide rule, trying to get thing, th- things dead on out there, trying to get your damn GPS coordinates down to the millimeter. <sighs> Net's good enough. Uh, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. I love the picture of him because there's a still from Getty images of him with his mouth open. It's just nothing but black. 
<laughs> like big gaping hole. <laughs> yeah, at least it wasn't like when he missed that that empty netter in Nashville where he was right there and just like shot it over the goal. <laughs> I can think of one that's almost better. <laughs> I got I got one that's definitely better and it's not Brad. Uh, I was uh, thinking in terms of the one that ended um uh, Patrick Stefan's career. Oh. He failed to he, he whiffed on an empty net on an empty net goal. And then the Oilers, I believe Alice Hemsky just like came coast to coast and sunk it until in the dying second and took it to overtime. <laughs> oh, geez. That was the end of former first overall Patrick Stefan's career. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. Also check on check violence there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I think the thing about that game, it's Tuesday night's game that got me was the Bruins just were in the box like all the time. Yeah. Like how did yeah. they not give up? Like, like the Gobers said, like, like how many fucking penalties? Six. 12 penalty minutes. Oh, yes. It took, they hit six minors. Yep. Yep. Oh, I mean, Penn still took, took three as well. So it's, it's a very high penalty game, but just Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Yeah. The difference is that Penns could not capitalize on the six power play opportunities they were given and the Bruins did because of Nick Ritchie and his fantastic and also hand. you know the Bruins like well if you guys aren't going to capitalize on your six opportunities Brad will get one for you oh my yes. god that yeah, was so that. that was and uh, Brad has 28 28 shorthanded goals. okay I was off by 10 sorry about that I was trying to remember a stat without looking it up see that's what happens you, you you knew the eight was there. I knew the eight was there. You know why? Because eight's my favorite number. It's not a number I would wear on a jersey, but it's my favorite number. So, because I don't like, I actually don't like low numbers. Like, it's got to be the teens or above. That's me. Although, uh, you know, as I said to Glenn last night, because I, you know how I am fascinated by numbers. I'm like, we have a 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14 on our roster. I just love it. And 11, 12, 13 are on one line. Exactly. I the love count it. Count one, count line. <laughs> <laughs> 11. Uh, 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 uh. 12. 12 players. Uh, 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 uh. 13. 13 players. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. Um, anyway. Anyway, Thursday, come in there. Just dismantle the fucking pens. Oh, yeah. Completely. <laughs> I mean, there's some reasons for this, though, too. Um, the Pens were playing um, poorly. Well, for starters, the defense consists of only two. Un- he had only two unambiguous NHL level defensemen in Latang and Marino. And then and then also Cody CC, Chad Robidell, which, OK, fine. Prospect Pierre, Pierre Olivier Joseph and Kevin Churchman. Who hasn't played in the NHL in seven years? He's thirty. <laughs> that was the guy they said hadn't played in the NHL since twenty seven, uh, twenty fourteen, or something. Yeah, yeah. First of all, one Dumoulin was out because he sustained an injury in the game before. They had signed Yannick Weber very quickly, but he couldn't get up in time because of a snowstorm. And then third, that's where Cody Cece ended up. 
because I was like, not that I was like, ooh, where did Cody Cece end up? I was like, oh, he's on the pens now. Oh, you know, when you buy out Jack Johnson, you immediately have to turn around and sign Cody Cece. Apparently, them the rules. It's sort, of, it's sort of like when you trade away Mark Stahl, you're immediately obligated to sign Jack Johnson. So the question is, what weird dumbass thing are? So that means assuming we can assume that Jack Johnson will sign with Detroit next year. Okay, I didn't know that Jack Johnson had gotten bought out. I just thought his his I I almost said oh, career no. ended. <laughs> no, the pens the pens are going to be paying for that buyout until the heat death of the universe. I think by which I mean for four four or six years. Hang on. Now now that I've started, I have to finish. Was that a Rutherford signing? Of course, it was a Rutherford signing. Okay. Um, they will be paying for that buyout if I can find it. Oh, they had these deep. There's so many different categories now. Fuck, they will be paying that buyout until the end of the 25-26 season. <laughs> when the next CBA is up. <laughs> <laughs> still not as bad as the New York Mets still paying Bobby Bonilla one million dollars every year. Well, see, now everybody wins with that because everybody celebrates that day. Yeah, they do. Bobby Bonilla Day in July. It's hilarious and wonderful, and I love it. And it's perfect because it's the Mets. Yep, yep. Just It's a Mets decision, something they would do. So that is exactly what happened with the, their defense. They couldn't get their reinforcement up in time, and they had to play a guy who hadn't played in seven years, and... Uh, the Bruins said, hey. Yeah, I was going to say, and that went approximately exactly as how you'd expect it to. Very badly. <laughs> First of all, let's talk about the fourth line for a minute. The fourth line this whole week has been buzzing. Yeah, settling Bjork there. And I think basically, like, I remember my, um, early in the week, Fluto had an article talking about Bjork and how it's like the, the, the Piper's going to pay now. Like and he didn't, he'd been having a one-on-one conversation with one of the, some of the coaching staff after a skate. Honestly, like, I think he's a really good element for that fourth line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously he's got a lot of speed. He's probably got better hands than both Corelli and Wagner put together. I was going to say he's high a plus, And I've been saying this for a year. The team's finally seeming to acknowledge that now. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I'm just saying in the last, the, the last three games, that fourth line, that it was really frustrating to watch them on Tuesday night because they were doing really good things, but they weren't getting it on goal. So it was like, okay, but they, they did really great things. They had a lot of great zone time. You know, they were frustrating uh, Malkin and others, you know? So it was like, ah, oh, this is great. And then great to see it on Thursday night where it was like, they just put it together because you had not one, but two goals. Two goals from the fourth line. <laughs> and kind of on the First other thing. side of that, too, the third line looks great with Frederick yep. uh, and Coyle. Like, it looks really good. So, like, your bottom two lines, like, you you have two bottom lines that you can trust again. Mm-hmm. Well, it sort of leads to the question again. When I look at this roster, I'm like, you know what? I feel like, uh, is there a spot for Jake DeBrusque there once everyone's healthy? I mean, he's a, probably still a better player than either Frederick or Bjork, but like, that doesn't that isn't the only factor, right? Yeah, is <laughs> he fact, a better? He's probably fit? still a better player than Richie too, but like. 
he hasn't worked with Krejci. It worked well with Krejci in over a year now. So, like, let's uh, try maybe, something different. <laughs> maybe you try to uh, see if you can get some defensive help back. Cause maybe, he, but at the same time, that doesn't look nearly as urgent as we thought it was going to. No, but... The defense has been, like, astonishingly tight. Like, like I'm blown away. Just, like, it's very, very tight cramped systems D and it's working well. It it is, but at the same time, if you look at the the guys that it would be between, it would be Frederick Bjork or um DeBrusque realistically. DeBrusque is probably the one that has the most upside, so he's probably the one that could get you the most return. Okay, I have two thoughts here. One is the offense and one is going to back to the defense for a minute. But uh, let me do the first one. Ready? Trade Jake DeBrusque for Taylor Hall. <laughs> Not one-on-one. I mean, there'd have to be some other things, but... <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, DeBrusque... Getting a uh, haul as a rental would probably be worth a DeBrusque under team uh, under contract and RFA at the end of contract. Oh, Kasha's still hurt too. Yep. Shit. I kind of forgot about him too. Well, he's, there's the thing. That's the thing that prolongs it all is that there's 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 the, the Kasha question. Okay, and two. Hello, Tuka. Two. Let's get back to that defense. Do you think that the defense, because pre, except for Kevin Miller, everybody else is about the same age. I think there's yeah. something about that where it's like they've they've all they're all about the same age. They haven't all had the same NHL experience, obviously, but like you can coach that group in very similar ways because it's like they're all they're all the same age, you they're know, all 23, 24, 25 or when Grizzlick's in 27, but yeah okay well there are outliers yes but still grizzly can fit into that but bottom line mcavoy lausanne and zaboral are all the same age carl is only a year older than them and clifton and and clifton's a year older than him so yeah you're right it's a there's also an element of i'm starting to see i think why both chara and krug were allowed to leave these are all players that both that both uh, Sweeney and Cassidy are in, invested in, right? I mean, like Cassidy coached Lausanne and uh, and Zaboral in uh, in Providence before before getting the uh, bumped up the food chain, I believe. At least, at least in playoffs, anyway. Like during, at the end of their own seasons, right? Yeah, because he's been here for a couple of few years now, and I think Jay Leach has seen more like out of them. January yeah, January seventeen, I think, in twenty seventeen, when he became. Okay, no, no, they both still would have been in the queue then, but they'd both also finished at least one season in Providence the year before, too, after, or maybe not Zaboral, but Lausanne. No, fuck, both teams went really deep that year. Anyway, I take that back. The point is, these are players that have been specifically chosen from the beginning for this current GM's vision. To go with the coach that was picked for this current GM's vision. So, to my estimate, this is what they've been building for and it's why it works. These are the bodies they wanted. It, it, it also helps too that like Char, uh, Charlie McAvoy has looked excellent. He's looked like an actual number one and he's scoring this year. 
what I thought he was going to score last year. Like he's at like seven points in eight games. I'm not going to go say he's 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 a Norris winner pace right now because that's it, probably not. But I'm guessing finalist. Well, I'm not making any bets on anything like that right now. But like the way he's playing is that good? <laughs> I'm saying uh, what I will say about McAvoy: two things. Uh, one, he is not being uh, basically babysat anymore. He does not have a security blanket in Zidane Chara. He is the security blanket. And two, even though we know that Cassidy and Sweeney had basically said to him, we don't want you to be a leader right now. We just want you to play your game, improve your game, grow your game. That's all we want you to do. Be the number one. Just do it. And I think it took him a couple of games because Lozon looked a little shaky, but now he's like shaking that off and he's just like, well, I got to do what I've got to do. And that's what he's being directed to do. So it's totally fine. I think that's what's going on with him. So it's like if he is freed up, if he's freed up because he does not have to make up for somebody else's defensive deficiencies and he can go and play his game, I think he's going to really show what he has. And I think he's needed that. Don't get me wrong. I am still angry about how the whole Zanatara thing went down. But last night when I was watching the game... I did not yell out no as much as I thought I would. I did eventually get into a like little grumble every time I saw or heard Zidane Chara. Getting back to that Thursday game. First of all, Wagner shot off of his knee. That was great. Great dramatic flair. But the um, the Corelli goal where it just bounced off his skate or something. And it was Anders Bjork. Anders Bjork shot. Yeah. Well, it was more than that. Anders Bjork carried into the zone did a full lap of the zone, briefly lost the puck, regained it, shot. That was a fucking shift. <laughs> off off of Bluger's butt. Like, that, it, it hit his butt and deflected and then deflected off the skate. It was great. It was a classic tumbling muffin. <laughs> was, but like, just like the shift that led up to that. Just holy crap. That's like, that was like the best, the best clip of Andrew, of hockey we've seen Andrew's Bjork play. He's putting it together. And you know, I've said for ages, you see some more between Paye and Peverly, and there was a lot of pevs on that shift. <laughs> a real lot of pevs on that shift. And that's not a bad thing. Pevs no. was the man. Oh, exactly. Well, I have another man to talk about. Someone who I didn't think that we would be talking about how many goals he has in the first, what, eight games now? Patrice Bergeron has five goals now. Yeah. I, I, multi... Power play goals, uh, multiple of those. He says a shorthanded goal. He scores at even strength. Man, unbelievable. Because the rest of the game was Bergeron. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he's he's got, he and Brad both have five, six, and 11 in the first eight games. Oh my God. And, uh, they're just playing out of this world. And they were doing that without pasta. Just amazing. It's been an absolute just like carousel next to them. Oh yeah. Yeah. On these goals, okay, the goal that he scored in the second, which was his fourth goal overall, it was Grizzlick and Coyle who got the primary and secondary assist, right? On the other one, the power play goal, of course, it was Marshan and McAvoy. I, I can't believe it. Isn't this the guy that Hags was trying to say a couple of years ago? It was like, he's lost a step, might be time to look past him. Oh, and meanwhile, he's fourth in the league right now in face-off percentage as well. Yeah, he had an over 70%, I think, on this game, which is sick. So sick. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. 
Bergeron at 35 is showing people what 35-year-olds can do in this game. Don't give up. Oh, by the way, did you see that comment about how apparently somebody said that Nick Suzuki is like a younger version of Patrice Bergeron? Yeah, but it was Ken Campbell. So like, and he can't, that man doesn't even know how to read. (laughs) Okay. Well, I got excited. Oh, and by the way, remember when we were talking about Cedric Paré? He has signed with a a club in the ECHL. You'll be happy to know. Something called the Grizzlies or something. It's okay. We don't have him for a reason. Whether it was the team decided didn't want him or he didn't want the team, fuck it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. I was just saying If it that... was his decision, he fucked up good. The Utah would have got Because he would at least would have gotten three years of $90,000 signing bonus. <laughs> so one more comment on the Pens games. Uh, Zaboral, of course, had a pretty rough game, game you know, on Tuesday. The second game, he played pretty sound, solidly. And that segues into some comments for last night when we get there. I think we're pretty much there. I mean, Bruins won that that second game four to one, no overtime. Patrice Bergeron just said, "You know what? I'm just going to add to the lead. That's it." Yeah. So yeah. So last night was Saturday. Saturday's game on the thirtieth. The Bruins at the Capitals, and of course, it was an overtime loss, four to three. Yeah. Um. Uh, Rask, who apparently we should mention, of course, took a minor injury on Tuesday, mm. and. uh was a full-on scratch Thursday. They had uh, Dan, they had Dan Vladash uh, back up uh, Halak. Uh, was back in was back between the pipes, and his reactions weren't quite right. Let's put it this way: point eight two six. Not good. Not not a good game for him because he uh, he allowed four goals on twenty three shots. Yeah, it wasn't good. And like they were like there were a lot of wonky goals, but they still were very easy saves. Again, I, before we started, I pointed out the, the, the Trevor Van Riebsdyke goal. So that would be the, the cap second goal. It was a long sort of weird semi screened bomb, uh, bomb, but it wasn't like well screened. And in the end, Rask just whiffed and it went low glove, which is like one of the worst, worst holes to give up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's less embarrassing than a five hole, but it's probably easier to defend than a five hole. you know he just looked like he was a little late and not low enough yeah actually is the glove side the side that he hurt i don't know what side he hurt but like he he went down when it went down it looks to me like it might have been like a hip thing or something because it looked like because because he went down you know knees splayed and stuff yeah yeah definitely looked like a hip thing yeah he tweaked something but he stayed in that game yeah which I don't know if he should have played well, except for like immediately after it, like immediately after it, it didn't look good the way he was moving. But yeah. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So I don't think Rask was quite ready yet. After the panic goal, I would have just pulled him because like, it's like sometimes you don't have it. This just cut bait. Right. Right. I don't know. I, I right. think I'd probably be pretty aggressive on yanking goalies if I was, if I was an NHL coach. Yeah. But I feel like some people may have seen that as a panic move. Panic. Anyway, um, Bruins responded pretty well to being down three, which was actually great to see. Absolutely. Um, Like one of the knocks on this team was that it was a little easy to put. It was a little bit soft, easy to push around, right? And like, um, caps are. The Caps have a lot of large men on their team. Large, 
men. <laughs> that was the thing that really amazed me was that this team was very physical, but it wasn't badly physical. A lot of large people, a lot of tight playing on the part of the, the Bruins. It was just fluky I mean, goals. Bruins and just absolutely dismantled the Caps in the first in the first period, and yet and yet left the period trailing one zero. Yeah. yeah, that Backstrom goal was late. That's the important thing to. And like again, they completely dismantled the Caps that period. The Caps gradually got better as the game went on, but they still got run over. Yeah, I mean, Vanacek just had a great game because because the, the shot total was forty three twenty three Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every period they they led in shots on goal. The first period nineteen to seven yeah. Bruins. The second period fifteen to ten Bruins, and the third was a little more even. It was nine to five. However, the overtime is zero to one. Yeah, well, anyway, we'll get there. Yes, I know. I know. You know what? The Bruins, halfway through the period, were down, uh, halfway through the second period, were down three, nothing. And then Richie. <laughs> On the power play, which, interestingly, what Cassidy started doing yesterday on the power play, the first unit. Five forwards. Five forwards, yeah. Mm-hmm. It got the job done. Top line plus Richie and Krejci. Like, that is fucking bold. Basically, it said that you've gone, you've pushed to the point of we're writing off the second unit at this point. Okay. Think about it. You have Berkey and you have Krejci, right? On that that first power play unit, right? You don't necessarily need a defenseman. Those two guys are very good at handling the puck and keeping You're it in. You're already down 3-0, so what does it fucking matter, right? What are you going to do, lose worse? Exactly. <laughs> and, and and it worked. Richie scored that power play goal. and um, you know, They had a couple more power play opportunities. They did the same thing. They didn't convert. Hey, they, they at least converted on the one, right? Who were the, the people who got the assists on that uh, Richie goal? Krejci and Bergeron. Krejci and Bergeron. Yep. I mean, Bergeron had a three-assist night. They were all – he got the secondary assist on all three goals. Yep. It's the captain making it work. And with a completely different supporting staff every time. <laughs> well, <laughs> one, he likes to spread the love around, and two, Cassidy's not afraid of blenders. It's his favorite no, appliance. No, no, no. He loves them. Ah, oh, Marshy. God, I love you, Marshy. Marshy and McAvoy and Bergeron there. The third – and then, oh my God, my favorite goal. My favorite goal of the night. Not so much for, I mean, I, I love the effort on it, but I also love exactly what happened right after. So McAvoy made so many efforts to get that puck in. They had pulled Tuca at that point, 19.02 in the game, under a minute to play. And he finally jams it in for his first goal of the season. Pasta's first point as well by the way. Mm-hmm. But basically just a lot of stuff going on there. And then he gets the goal and Richie just grabs him <laughs> and hugs him. And I loved it. Cause it, it me, love you. <laughs> I, I just, I was like, yes. Love, love Chuck. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Chuck. Perfect. <laughs> oh, is that a Goonies reference? <laughs> Sloth love Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the Goonies. Anyway, yeah. The other thing about like, the game I thought was interesting is, um, in addition to of course double shifting McAvoy, 
uh, Saboral was his partner. In, in fact, Saboral um, uh, played the um, uh, second most minutes amongst defensemen by a very large margin. Yes, uh, yesterday he played nineteen fourteen. The next person, the, the next uh, behind him, was Miller at seventeen fifty seven. Oh my God! Wow. Interestingly, Carlo was the uh, team low. It, it, that is really interesting because Carlo uh, had some good moves early on uh, Ovechkin and uh, who was it? Tom Wilson. Oh, I think Tom Wilson wanted to like kill him or something. Oh, speaking of this, Tom Wilson, this game. Trent Frederick. Oh, no, it was Trent Frederick that, that Wilson went to kill. Get, I, we're going to get a Frederick Wilson fight sometime this season, and I'm fucking pumped. Same. Because the two Frederick, of them are just absolute fucking animals. <laughs> it doesn't give a crap. He does not care, and I loved it. Okay, after the one, like, uh, little, like, um, not dance, but, you know, the conversation that uh, Wilson and uh, Frederick had. And Frederick went back to the bench and the and ref came over and talked to him. You could see Trent Frederick's face just go like, he got disappointed. Like, you can't tell me not to fight him. <laughs> like, We're like Highlanders. Oh. I can't beat him unless I fight him. <laughs> his face I have was... to steal his power. Don't you understand? <laughs> it, it was so cute because he was like, yeah. <laughs> Frederick is a wild man, and I absolutely love it. I'm here for it. We, we, we talked at great length about how happy we were with Frederick last week without you there, Tim. Yeah, oh, he gave you credit. I love Frederick so much. He's great, and he he deserves to stay on. And, uh, yeah, I love him. <sighs> yes, so that's going to be fun. We've got, um, well... Starting tomorrow, we have excuse me seven more games of that. So Woo! I was going to say we're getting that fight at some point. The question is when. Right. Not if. Well, well, we'll see. We'll we'll keep our eyes open for that tomorrow. All right. So we have to talk about the disappointment of overtime. Womp womp. Twenty eight seconds. Twenty eight seconds. I'm used to the Bruins like going all the way through overtime. And then having to go to a shootout. That's where I am at this point in the season. And then, nope, that it was very quick. Bruins had no possession at all. Just Ovi. Ugh. I mean, like, a three-on-three three against Ovechkin, Backstrom, and John Carlson is tough. Like, like, like how many teams can, teams can put a more just utterly destructive trio out there than that? Yep. Not many. Did Carlson win the Norris last year? I think he did. Yes. Yeah, last season. Yeah, because he had a phenomenal season. So, yep, that's that's how it goes. That's how it goes. You just hate to see it. That's all. Just, no. Uh. But tomorrow, Bruins will take on Capitals once again, and uh, there's a chance for redemption. You can score goals on this Capitals team, so let's do it. So it'll just be finding out who, you know, is actually playing, seeing as... Uh... Debrusque will skate tomorrow. Uh, Debrusque, what's, what's the deal with anyone, right? Yeah, yeah. let's just talk about some injuries. Uh, first of all, Matt Grizzlick has had a, a third separate injury. That's what they said last night. Third separate injury that he that caused him to be out yesterday. And Was he out Thursday or when it, did it happen on Thursday? It happened Thursday because Clifton played yesterday. Okay. 
it's it's all a blur right now. Uh, oh, he just missed two games, right? Yep. And then, and then came, came back, back for one, did not play all of it. No. Third separate injury. So what is he? Is he day to day? Is that what it is? Or Yeah, there doesn't seem to be more information on his uh status right now. But he's not IR, so Is it lower body? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well whew. I mean he's uh he's trying to figure out how he can get injured in unique ways. Uh, and he's found three so far this year. So you're winning, Matt Grizzlick. He's winning Meanwhile, the game. John Moore, I assume, just hurt himself so he could, you know, excuse himself why he wasn't playing anymore. Because John Moore is apparently injured too. Because, like, why not? Maybe he injured himself making a sandwich. Maybe it's a nacho injury. Maybe. If you, if you heat that cheese too much, you know, the blisters on the roof of your mouth. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Just like eating, like, uh, pizza rolls. When they come out, that right out of the, the microwave or the oven, they are hot. They hurt. Oh, oh yeah, they're just little, they're just little crispy, crispy pastry bag balls full of full of lava, full of magma. Yeah, yeah, just just burn a hole right through your plate, let alone your let alone your mouth. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. You're a geologist. Is is there a difference? They're, ma- they're magma until you bite it, and then it's lava. Uh, oh, so it's magma underneath, and then lava. When it comes out. Yeah. So magma would, and this also means that magma is always liquid. Lava applies both to while it is still liquid and once it is resumed to be rock. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Ooh. See, aren't you glad I asked an actual geological question instead of. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know where I learned that? Where? The show. The bus? No. I mean, it's close enough. Uh, there's a show on. They used to be on sci-fi called Eureka. And oh. that's where I learned it. It was a show about a town of like crazy scientists and uh it followed the sheriff and having to deal with the crazy scientists and all their problems. And it was a great show. Eureka. <laughs> I I'm just tickled that I asked an actual question that, that Jeff answered. Instead of asking some nonsensical thing that he's just like, why? Why do you keep doing this to me? <laughs> Question didn't make me want to die. So, yeah. <laughs> I did or didn't? Okay, see? There we go. You know what? I think that sometimes I, I use lava a lot more than I use magma. And I, I had not really known why. And now I know why. Because I don't deal with under the crust issues. That's it superficial that's it that's me on top of the world no i'm just kidding so john moore mystery injury who cares i guess i should care but i don't (laughs) i mean it's pretty fair to say that john moore probably doesn't care at this point i just know that he he has like long beautiful lashes and i hate that why do they waste long beautiful lashes on men anyway uh andre kaja he did. Ah, uh, uh, is he our dead guy this year? Oh man! Like, there's no word, no word at all, no timetable. Just table. upper body. Yep, yep. They're in he, concussion, probably. He, he got a concussion. We know he got a concussion. It was Miles Wood. Fucking, Fucking Miles, Miles Wood. Wood. Fucking Miles Wood. And we're gonna trade for him too. Oh, you know it's gonna fucking happen. 
It is written. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And they're going to overpay badly, and he's not a good player. We already have him. He's called Chris Wagner. <laughs> Look, we don't need somebody hurting our players from the inside either. I mean, glad that, that Charlie McAvoy has gotten over his little rift with uh, Tuca, where he's not pushing people into him or trying to hurt him anymore. So Indeed. we don't need Miles Wood giving Andre Kaja another concussion from the inside. Yeah. So Kaja's out. Don't know when or whatever he's coming back. So for right now, we just have to assume that it's not for a long time. And that yeah. gives uh, Cassidy a little flexibility with all of the different players. Well, yeah. and there's on that is uh, Jack Studnicka, according to Cap Friendly, is on IR. We have no idea why. He was uh, un- somewhat unexpectedly scratched yesterday. I mean, they announced it well in advance, but it came out of nowhere. And it's not COVID things, right? It's not. No, because you would be in COVID protocol rather than IR. And Yeah, but the fact that he's listed IR means like, okay, so he's guaranteed not playing again until Friday. Because you have to miss three games once you're on IR. Okay. Well, don't know what it is. Probably won't find out. Nope, nope. It uh, puts a little bit more stress on that right wing situation. Hey, at least Pasta's back, though. At least Pasta's back. And DeBrusque, who, of course, has missed uh, the last game and most of the game before, um, is apparently skating tomorrow, but we don't really know more than that. Okay. And also, Charlie McAvoy didn't practice today because of an upper body thing. Charlie Coyle. Oh yeah, Charlie Coyle, excuse me. And they're gonna see if they're gonna have him skate tomorrow to see if he'll play. Oh boy. I was gonna say, uh, sounds like we're about to get the Greg get Greg McKegg here. Oh, uh, you know what? I I am sorry. I'm sorry about the Car- Charlie Coyle thing because that is my fault. Because last week I was bragging about how tall and handsome the Charlie Coyle is, and that he never gets injured. And then what happened? It's my fault. I am so sorry. I will never, ever, ever talk about Charlie Coyle's injury status again or his lack of injury status. I just, I won't. It's my fault. Sorry. So sorry. <sighs> okay. Any any other injuries? I think that's the lot. Okay. Well, you know, there is hope for Andre Kaja, I think, because remember last year we said, Kevin Miller, he's dead and he's not dead he is back nope, nope. zombie kevin miller's been playing well yep hey you know what keep playing well kevin i don't want to say anymore that's it maybe that's maybe that's the real reason that the, the, the team ended up hiring chris kelly was so they could take back his metal legs <laughs> <laughs> so chris you don't need those anymore we we money's money's tight jacobs aren't letting us buy new buy new metal legs for charlie for um, uh, kevin so uh can you make do? Don't worry. We'll find some like organic, organic legs for your um, uh, from from a homeless person for you. We'll work it out. Oh, <laughs> that's not very nice. They grew other legs in a, a lab, but right now Kelly still doesn't have those legs, so he is literally just wooden legged right now. It's okay. He doesn't need them, right? Not right now. And no. they they did a leg transplant. On to Kevin Miller. That Kevin Miller didn't have 
setbacks last year. He just needed time to learn how to use the legs. Well, I was going to say there's, there's there's a bit of a, you know time to get that neural interface for the robot legs working properly, right? Mm-hmm. You got to understand, you know, what ways to think to make it work properly. Because like, you can't just be out there on the ice with like a with a little remote inside your glove, tapping away, trying to make sure your legs do the right thing. Although that'd be pretty fucking metal. Yep. <laughs> well, even Robot Man in Doom Patrol took years to learn how to walk after his brain was transplanted into the metal body with very few nerve and neural pathways. Yes. Indeed. I, I just got some more information on the uh, Tony D'Angelo stuff. Uh-oh. Apparently, after last night's loss, he started a fight with Georgiev. Georgiev? Georgiev, yeah. Yeah, because apparently a miscommunication between the two led to the OT winner. And then Chris Georgiev Kreider... didn't dress yesterday. Oh, well, that's what this is saying. That, <sighs> oh, against last night's... Overtime lost to Pitt. A miscommunication between the two led to the OT winner. Chris Kreider stepped in and punched D'Angelo on the face. <laughs> Good old Chris Kreider. <laughs> Chris Kreider is very much a bigger person than Tony D'Angelo, so... Yep. Good. Good. Don't take that shit from anybody. Not, not from some weasel-ass... Uh, uh, guy on your team okay so that's good <sighs> okay um i i have one thing i want to address before we go into schedules i want to okay. make a correction it is a it, it was pointed out to me by a listener uh who is a bruins fan out i believe on the uh west coast from uos ball Boston Bruins. They pointed out that I had misspoken a little bit. And this was the episode that we were talking about Willie O'Ree breaking the color barrier in the NHL. Well, the truth is, this person had pointed out to me that uh, it wasn't Willie O'Ree who broke the color barrier in the NHL, but he did break break the barrier for African American Afri- Afro-Canadian men playing in the NHL. Still no less of a feat. Really great feat. Okay. It's, it's a good thing, you know, so we're not taking anything away from Willie. But what we are saying is that this person had pointed out that there was someone else who broke the actual color barrier. He, I believe, was a First Nations player by the name of Harry Buddy Maracle or Maracle. I'm not sure how to say his last name. I'm sorry. I probably mangled it. I did not mean to. Who played 11 regular season games for the New York Rangers in 1930 and 1931. And before that, I had looked up because when when they had pointed out that I had misspoken, I wanted to correct that, of course. So I I looked up and found Larry Kwong, who was the first NHL player of Asian descent, who also played for the New York Rangers back in 1948. So to make it clear, we have many people from many different backgrounds who play in the NHL, and there were people who broke various barriers before Willie O'Ree broke the barrier for Black people. No less important, though, okay? Everybody is important for their various reasons. So there, I just wanted to take that time to correct that. Okay, schedules. 
Okay, so big week this week. Start, of course, tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern time in Washington against the Capitals for the second game of that series. Mm-hmm. And uh, then traveling to Philadelphia for Wednesday. That's on February 3rd. Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern start. Oh, it's on NBC. That's why. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Sportsnet and NBC. There's just no good options. Fuck. Okay. Anyway. Oh. Actually, I know I don't really necessarily hate that. But like, what's the NBC commentary look like now? And it's like, there's no more Doc, which makes me happy, and no more Milbury, and no, no more, and no more Pierre. Oh, really? No more Pierre? I thought Pierre exited earlier on, like like sometime last year. Or no, my mistake? no, last year he did like West Coast exclusive, so he was doing the later games because they they decided to bump up Brian Boucher to the earlier games. Speaking of, of NBC broadcasts, uh, my John Forslund uh, is going to be the play-by-play for the Kraken, and that's a really good get for that team because he's fantastic. <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to the Kraken. Anyway, so yeah, an 8 p.m. start, which sucks because it's a 9 p.m. for me on opening nights. Part. Yeah, but gritty. But gritty. Gritty. And importantly, it's a two-game series, home, two-game homestand for Philly with us there, so we get gritty on Friday night again at a more sensible time, 7 p.m. Eastern start time again as well. Gritty. Gritty's got his, Gritty's got his own little pen there. His own little seating area. It is fantastic. He had a ball just pit. Like, the different games just card out different bullshit for him to get entangled in. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just great. I can't wait to see some of it because it's like I'm, that was what made me very excited about this, this slate of scheduling. It was like, oh, my God, we get to see a lot of Gritty. And then um, that's the uh, first night of a back-to-back. They travel the next back, come, they come home the next night for a two-game homestand against Buffalo with a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time start on a Saturday. That's... A little curious, actually, but okay. Mm. And um, because we will not have the next show out in time for it, they all have the second game of that series on the following Monday. That's February 8th, 7 p.m. Eastern time against Buffalo in Boston. Big week. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Big fucking week. Yeah. (laughs) So how many points do you think they come out of this week with? I'm going to say eight. I'm not optimistic about, well, I mean, they outplayed the Caps, but like, I don't know. I don't even know. I I don't make, I don't make predictions about Capitals games anymore. We thought, we thought the whole BX decision would, would, you know, do do us favors and instead they they said, they said no. Philly's been shit. Buffalo is Buffalo. So like, yeah, in one way or another, eight eight seems like a pretty good guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm figuring that they're going to go into overtime at least two times this week, but I think that they're going to get a solid yeah, two times points. for these. So eight points out of that five games is what we're yeah. thinking. So. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Exactly. Which honestly, that's not bad. No, that's, that's, that's good. That's where they are now in the standings is not quite. No, I'm all wrong. I'm all sorts of wrong. 12 points and eight. So that's similar. So we'll yeah. be keeping up pace. Yep. Yep. That's fine. Okay. Well, I was just trying to make it interesting. If they could take the caps to overtime, the other day they could do it again if needed so i, I don't know if they'll yeah, win outright we'll go see in and play like you did yesterday against the caps and you were gonna win like 90 out of 100 games yeah beginning it's just a bad beat it's the fucking way she goes yep okay well uh before okay. we yeah before we get into that good luck tim next week you're not allowed to talk about it but good luck 
Thank you. I appreciate it. It will be Nick next week because you get a, a, a night off so you can enjoy the thing we're not talking about anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. I have one comment on that. I haven't said it before, but it was only a matter of time before Gronk ended up on a Floridian football team because, like, man is Florida, man, whether he knows it or not. I mean, sorry. Okay. It's true. Okay. He went... I'm not the one that that rule applied to. <laughs> he went to Arizona, like one of – I don't know which school it was in Arizona. They're all the same because Arizona, I'm going to tell you, is the trash can of the West, just like Florida is the trash can of the East. Sorry if you love living in those places, but really, there are a lot of people around you. Just look around. You're probably awesome. Listener who is from those areas, you're probably awesome. You're a great person, but the people around you, please just be honest. They're garbage. The good place had it right. Sorry. It's a, yeah, I mean, they're just... In most alternate universes, Gronk probably has appeared in the newspaper under the title Florida Man. Insert something ridiculous here. (laughs) I mean, yes, that's true. And he was an Arizona Wildcat. So the University of Arizona. Okay. Party school. (laughs) (laughs) You reckon? (laughs) Oh, I think Arizona State is more, but yeah, it still is. I'm I'm betting that I didn't even have to take the SATs to get into Arizona State or University of Arizona. Uh, you're, that's probably a pretty good bet. I don't think you'd need to do that. It's just demonstrating ability to count and, uh, and spell your own name and you're good to go. Yeah, and if you can cu- catch a touchdown or, th- or throw one... Then... You, they're willing to negotiate on one or both of those academic credentials. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> please don't hate me i just i just don't like those two states sorry guys <laughs> i like the grand canyon but when i went to the grand canyon it was like a haze because they were doing some controlled burning around it so uh, i didn't get to see it as well as i would have but glenn decided to scare me a couple of times by going out on ledges and i was like please leave the car keys <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved that was one of my favorite trips like of all the stuff I've done on family trips I loved the Grand Canyon itself I thought that was pretty cool but other than that I mean Arizona was Arizona Mm. yep all right go Jeff okay so listeners you've been listening to barely on topic you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you like us, rate us some rate us some stars or whatever that given medium does. Write some nice comments, whatever. If you don't like us, just just leave that part out. It's okay. We're cool. Um, you can uh, talk to us on Facebook, we're at Barely On Topic Podcast, and on Twitter, we're at Barely On Topic. And of course, there's always our individual Twitter accounts. I, for one, am at Doctor Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A Richardson. Uh, and I am, oh God, I just don't have anything clever to say. I'm a ghost.com. Also known as at VA from RI. I'm scintillating in Twitter. Tim! Super word! Ah! Oh.